Dit is de Sports Plus Vitality podcast met Aswin Steenhoff, Arno Hermans en Marcel de Visser. We nemen je mee in de wereld van sport, vitaliteit, innovatie en ondernemerschap met actuele thema's en inspirerende gasten. You expected a Dutch intro, maybe for me. I'm Arno Hermans, today's podcast host. And um, today we're doing everything in English. So it's our first podcast and it's going to be our main main language uh, today. Um, and before we start, uh, we celebrate our podcast number 20. So we set another milestone. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, today we put our Sports Vitality community members in the picture. We have Etugir and uh, Train Red in our middle. And with them, we talk about running, running into the future. I prepared this podcast with input from, from runners. So lots of questions and topics can pop up. So be prepared. I think we have a lot of experience and thoughts around the table. So hopefully you will enjoy this podcast. But who is here? Can I start with you? Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, my name is Wout, Wout Krechting, uh, CEO and co-founder of uh, Train Red. And uh, yeah, um, just talk about the future of running and everything regarding that. So I think we're going to talk about Train Red a little bit more in depth uh, during this podcast. Yeah, but, for uh, sure. Next one. Well, Arno, thank you very much for the invitation. My name is Marcus. Uh, probably I'm the reason why we talk uh, in English and not in Dutch. Uh, apologies for that. Uh, I'm CEO of Atogear and um, happy to be here and listen to all of uh, what is said or what will be said today. Yeah, well, thank you very much, Arno, for the invitation as well. Last minute call to join the podcast, but I'm also working for Trainred. My name is Cherry. I work there as a performance innovator. So performance innovator, I think we'll get to that as well. What's my role specifically for the company? But today I'm also here to represent the athletes who is, uh, well, the people who are running, not necessarily as a professional, but uh, more on that later. But uh, running is a universal language. So don't, ex- uh, don't uh, apology. Uh, there's no apology. Thank you. Uh, they're <laughs> necessary, uh, Marcus. Because uh, running, we do it all over the world. And uh, thanks uh, <coughs> uh, for joining, uh, Jay, for, uh, for joining here. Um, because you said to you, for yourself, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to run and, and whatever. But you do a little bit more. I just uh, We were talking outside of this studio. So uh, can you... Introduce Cherry as as the runner. As yeah, the yeah, of course, of course. Thank you. Well, <laughs> it's it's not necessarily hard to explain. Of course, everybody is well running. I mean, everybody in the primary school, secondary school has run during a certain moment in their life. So that's one of the first beauties that I see in running. Everybody has done the sport. It's one of the bases for every sport. But for me, there's indeed a bit more towards running. I like to perform. I mean, I don't want to be the best. I learned that when I was younger, you can't always beat everyone. But um, I do have ambitions. That's definitely true. In first place as a triathlete, so not only running, also swimming, cycling. And the running is actually always the hardest part. But I started running when I was young and, uh, well... I think it was in May this year that I actually managed to qualify for the European Championships ultra running. So a tiny bit further than the marathon, 50 kilometers, but I'm very much looking forward to that. That's the beginning of October. And where where, where can we see you then? Uh, in Madrid. So I'll be representing the Netherlands for, uh, well, on the wow. 50 kilometers. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So uh, we're talking to today with Train Red. Is it Arian or Etugir? Atogi is the holding company and the Arian is the product we have underneath. So can you explain a little bit more on, on the company? Of course, I can do that. Um, actually, the company Atogi was founded in 2015. Um, in Eindhoven, Eindhoven, and uh, Atogear is all about um, movement uh, of uh, and and making movement meaning meaningful to normal consumer actually. And uh, it is a sports tech company. Um, so some call it deep tech, we call it sports tech. And uh, we have a hardware and we have uh, patents, algorithms, um, and in combination, actually we can measure movement of individuals, not only professionals but also every single runner and make those data meaningful so you see the you see an individual gate line 
design, you see the bio load, and and we draw conclusions from that, uh, which normally only top athletes like you can see. But with us, you only need the smart wearable insole. You use our app, and then you will see everything possible. What, can you give it? Can you be more concrete, specific? What can I? What can let's say our listeners? Yeah, well, we started with Arian Coach, which is an end consumer um, um, product uh, in a way. So it's uh, the smart wearable insole, which you, you put underneath your uh, insoles into a running shoe. And then we have an app and uh, it's, the app um, works as a coaching app. So it gives coaching advice while you're running. So either to reduce injury risk or improve your performance. Um, and that is different to all the other um, tracking systems. So we track, of course, as well, how fast you run, how far you run, what your split times are. But more important is really to measure or to look into your performance and how you run. Because uh, more than 50% of runners every year get injured somehow. And uh, the majority of runners run without a coach. They never received coaching tips, which is unique actually because in all other sports you normally have a coach but in running and that makes it easy right you can you just put on your running shoes you go out for a run but uh, often they're wearing the wrong shoe they have the wrong technique and if no one tells them uh, how they should actually run what they should actually wear they will run always in the same issue again so it's it's a, it's a virtual coach If it's I can put it that way? It's somehow a virtual coach, uh, if you want to call it this way, uh, based on AI, artificial intelligence, of course. That was a starting point. And now we have a value proposition for retailers. It's called Arian Hub. So when you go into a running store, for example, and you look for a new pair of running shoes, what our system will do, it compares the performance, your individual performance within shoe A, B, and C, and tells you in which product you perform best or you have the best protection. Um, and that is very unique because all the systems that are in the market are based on static uh, analytics and ours is a dynamic analytics. And mm -hmm. that is very unique. Uh, and while it is mobile, you can do it everywhere. So while you go for competition, you could do it on site, for example, as well. Okay. So it's very interesting that you're progressing throughout the years. Yes. Uh, in that kind of kind of sense. So uh, congratulations on, on on that progression that you yeah. made. Maybe if I may yeah. add something, because actually it's all about the data at the end of the day, right? So and uh, while someone is using our system, we collect data, and data are of course a crown jewel nowadays. And data is meaningless if you don't bring any 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 uh, details into that so we make m data meaningful and that actually ends up in Arian studio i think we will come to that a little bit later what we can do with uh, data right and how it can help in any area of uh, the running industry for example but, uh, i'm just going go to want to want to do further on on that one um, if i'm a runner yes. and, and and people are, are listening to the, to this podcast and they run and uh, they never heard of okay can i get some virtual coaching Okay, is that possible? And then they're looking into maybe hopefully into to, to, to your product. Um, what can they expect? What what can they expect concerning what did they hear? Yeah. So that's very simple. You start with a baseline run. So our AI actually looks at your, your running style and then it creates a training plan for you. And then you get uh, during the run, you get audiovisual tips, how you should run, how you should increase your cadence, your foot strike, the flight time of your, of your foot and so on. And that will help you to either increase your performance or re uh, decrease your injury risk. Maybe for Jerry, it's about performance. For me, it's about injury risk, exactly. for example. <laughs> <laughs> That could be true. That's true. I mean, what we always call out, every single runner is individual, uh, individual and has a unique running technique. That's really important because often in the industry, and I'm so long in the industry, we get told one fits all. But that's not true. And that's really that's really what our system, our value proposition is all about. Okay. And this is auditive feedback that you're talking yes, about? Yes, correct. Is it also more focused on the on the, the the person who wants to get fit, or the person who wants to improve their performance, or to stay fit? Indeed, for sure, it 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 is somehow. So in order to maybe you have someone who starts just started to run and wants to get fit, then you get as well a training plan that helps you and tells you how your training schedule should look like and how you then you should run within that. Um, 
Um, and that is really important, right? As we mm -hmm. all know, because sometimes people make some mistakes. They are so excited and full of motivation that they start running every day 20K straight away. Yeah. But their, their, their body posture, their muscles are not used to that. So they will obviously run into injury problems. I mean, you guys know that yeah. better than Training I do. So yeah. Exactly. So that is then a massive issue. And... Well, for me, even even though I'm so long in the industry, when I when I used it for the first time, you know, it was so eye opening, you know, to see visualized how my gait line looks like, um, because I was told when I started at a running shop during my study 25 years ago, that 90 percent of all runners are heel striker. Right. Um, well, but but probably that has changed. Right. And no one has really measured it. And, and we make it meaningful and we give we give now a, a clear picture to that, you know, and I for myself, for example, realized that I'm a midfoot striker, you know, and, and not a heel striker. I'm not a forefoot striker, but I'm a midfoot striker. And, and that also defines what what shoe I should wear, actually. And then also to look at it and see, like, what does the bio load looks like? So what is the where are the where's the pressure right on on your muscles? On, on everything you have and and it is very obvious for me it's always the back the lower back part that that hurts most and therefore i need to change my my running technique and i need to change my running shoes and, and jerry if, if you you're preparing right now for for the european championship in ultra running yeah, yeah that's so correct do you, do you use some data besides probably from from the company you're working with do yeah you, well i have the luck to be working for a company that creates wearables so indeed i have access to a lot of state-of-the-art equipment it's not muscle oxygen alone that i use of course naturally i have my smartwatch which has a gps that's one of the, the very first things that i always use time and distance then we had a, well, a previous collaboration with stride which is also focusing yeah. on power and output and running i used stride for a while but i think i'm a bit more conservative from that perspective i mean it was an interesting metric but distance and and time were actually doing the trick for me there heart rate is a nice indication but i don't really wear the ecg belts i always have the wrists heart rate which is well trustworthy it's a nice indication but it's not exact science then occasionally i use the view to master which is a respiratory analysis system which is also wearable it's it's more fun and cool to use it rather than that I actually use it in, in real time for my training sessions. So it's, it's it's like a mask. You have to wear a mask and then it measures what the intake of oxygen and the outtake. Yeah, yeah. So, so exactly. that's for top athletes like you. Not necessarily. It's also very relevant for reconditioning after well injury, surgery, treatment whatsoever. And a lot of medical doctors use it in well their baseline assessments of for example, in Belgium or Italy, it's necessary to do an exercise test before you're allowed to start exercising. And then the respiratory analysis is one of the metrics that they use. Okay. Wow. We're going from Arian at the gear to, uh, to Train Red. Wow, uh, yeah. what are you up to? Yeah, so we, we at Train Red, it's actually an exciting thing. Um, I think I have to go back a little bit to explain how Train Red uh, became Train Red. So um, we both, Jerry and I, worked for a company, Artinus Medical Systems. We worked there for uh, many years. And uh, it's a company that has its own light technology to measure activity in your tissue. So it could measure muscles, but also brain. And this is used for, uh, for research, for the medical field. And we were working there, and I'm not the athlete, but I am a sport enthusiast, so I really like, enjoy every kind of sport. And um, I was never able to use a system like that in my yeah, own sports, in the gym, uh, while I was on the bike, uh, running, of course. And um, so what we wanted to do is create a system that we actually want to use ourselves and uh, yeah, get the full potential of your muscles. And uh, that sounds a little bit strange maybe, but we now have a system created that can measure uh, yeah, your muscle activity, how you consume oxygen, because I don't know if any of you know, yeah, of course Jerry knows, but how the muscle functions. But can, you, can you explain in, in very easy words or? Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Just so try. It's, it's maybe like the, uh, with the electric cards, it gets a little bit easier. So your blood supplies oxygen to your muscle and your muscle demands or consumes that oxygen. And we can measure the difference in the amount of available oxygen, sorry, and trans translate that uh, actually to visuals and features that everyone can understand. So we can translate uh, that data uh, to five different muscle states. So for example, if you're in rest, if you're under load, if it's a sustainable pace, a non-sustainable pace, um, and even a little bit better, we have like something called like a supply and demand. So you can really see the balance of how you're running or how you're 
muscle econ- uh, economics yeah, function. And uh, yeah, our goal is to yeah, translate that to use that everyone can benefit from it. So not only um, yeah, the scientists, the, the coaches, the top athletes, even Cherry that uses all the, the fancy technology, but actually anyone. Yeah, sure. So yeah. it is also for recreational runner possible to Yeah, use for sure. Or? So our target group actually is uh, for sure any recreational runner is uh, for sure welcome, but everyone who wants to improve their performance. Right. That's actually the, the initial goal. So if you're just enjoying running, uh, please do. That's really, really helpful. But we are like the next step after you already have um, your Garmin or your, your, your sports watch. And that next step to, to know, to get to know not only what your heart does, but actually what your yeah, muscles are doing so it's, it's it's really interesting that we we have like just one heart we have a cardiovascular system um and it is very important but it's really hard to train well you have yeah over 700 muscles in your body um and and they are easily to train you can train them to become like arnold schwarzenegger you can train them in a way that you're a more efficient runner and yeah why don't we measure that and is it mainly for endurance sports or can you use it for no no so yeah cherry is using it indeed for endurance but also for strength okay so um very easily if you're let me take an example for the gym that a lot of people know you put a sensor of ours on your upper leg and uh, you do for example a squat um your gym trainers often tell you that you have to do uh, three sets of 10 with one minute of rest but why do we do that um, a lot of people in the gym want to train hypertrophy, so bigger muscles. Um, and then one minute could be correct. But if you know the, exactly how your muscle recovers after load, and then you have to start at the peak of your oxygen, then you can maybe train more efficient. And that could be a minute, could be one minute 30, depends on the individual. So we can measure how you consume the oxygen and how you recover. And how you consume tells something about your power, your endurance, explosivity, everything regarding that uh, that muscle yeah so it's all related to your training goals if your goal is to stay fit well then you can actually take the first categorized rest that we can distinguish with the system that will be your endurance rest so if you will start exercising you always see that your muscle consumes more oxygen than that there's well supplied basically by the heart by the lungs so you actually see desaturation a downward trend. If you stop that exercise, you see reoxygenation, and this first very steep reoxygenation is new blood flowing into the tissue. If you're training for endurance, you just want to go for a run. Well, perfectly fine. You can actually start your next rep or your next set of running exercises once this first reoxygenation has happened. If you're training for hypertrophy, you want to get as big as well, as possible, as as Wout just said, like Arnold Schwarzenegger. He truly feels the pump in his muscle. This is, well, he's been training for years and years and years. You can actually feel it, but we can quantify it. So it's the maximum oxygenation in the tissue. It's, well, perfectly quantifiable by a percentage. Well, you see that there's no increase anymore. The nutrients are restored. Most of the lactate is actually already, well, replenished. You can start for hypertrophy training or when you're training for a marathon, this would be something like a, a threshold set, for example. It's, it's a tough effort but it's not extremely hard. It's not like a sprint or it's not like a maximum explosion of strength, which is mainly anaerobic. And you need way more rest to actually fully replenish all the metabolites and all the nutrients to be restored. So that would be the first type of rest that you can actually categorize with the near system. Oh. Yeah. And and so one of the things are the sensors, of course. So that's the hardware, you place them. Uh, but like similar to the Arian system, we also need some algorithms, some artificial intelligence to tell something to the user that is understandable. Otherwise, you still need to be an expert in the field to actually understand that all the different metrics that we can show. So translating it something to yeah, that, that people could understand is, I think, one of the key things to get that engagement and get the understandable yeah, feedback from a system like this. Plain message, keep it simple. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So that's what, what you both are trying to achieve. And uh, there, there are many more, of course, let's say, uh, competitors or uh, innovations out there uh, that they measure a lot. Um, you've got the heartbeat. You mentioned the heartbeat, for, for example. Um, and you, you're measuring the tissue, the muscles, and you're, you're doing everything in, 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 in balance. And, and um, how is it related? You've got the top athletes, they, they, they work with data a lot. Uh, let's say, for example, Cherry, and you've got me. I'm running with AV, for example. 
and I'm trying to do my best on, on, on that one. I, I run my 5Ks. So you, you're adding a zero. Uh, so uh, very well done. So, uh, <clears throat> but what do you think it, it's, it's really, really good for, for an amateur athlete to focus on? Is it, is it, is it the heartbeat or running on a heartbeat or, or uh, is it about, let's say, uh, balance or... Yeah, so what I think it's all about, why are you doing it? So why are you running? And uh, if, it, if it's because you're really enjoying it, then you want to keep doing it. So if you're doing it in a way that you get injured, yeah, then it's, yeah, it's no fun anymore. Maybe you have to stop in the end. Is it then on, on injury prevention? Yeah, could be. Could be one of the things. If you want to just get, get that next step, so you're doing the 5K, maybe you want to go for a, an official event. Maybe you want to extend it to a half marathon, for example. Well, uh, 10, 10K is also uh, or 10K, pretty, uh, pretty, uh, pretty uh, nice yeah. for me. Yeah, it, it doesn't really <laughs> matter, but if you want to change it in a way than what you're already doing, it, then you have to do it in a way that it's, uh, yeah safe and yeah probably also the best way possible yeah I, i think anna to your question i would bring it level higher you know because um corona has showed that that people get really lazy right and there is a trend out there which is called movement health and that is actually there are statistics that clearly says that people in average seven hours per day they are sitting or lying or doing anything and and with every age you're getting older you add time to that right so you're 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 actually less active the older the get you get right and and for us it's it's more on the mission that that we say well we we want to make sure that people stay fit and healthy somehow right and what we just described in the first round actually of answers is really probably more for the top athletes but but for us it's it's really bringing it all the way down to the every ever uh, the ever uh, the recreation runner for example right the everyday athlete you know who who practice something and that is really important to us as well you know and and we have the great challenge to make those uh, value propositions meaningful to everyone you know if it's only for the top athlete then we have done a bad job right it starts with often with the top athletes because then you see the biggest impact somehow but uh, you need to trickle it down you know and and that's what we have to do every single day and that's why i also challenge our team every day and say what is the benefit for the end consumer you know uh, if the scientists get super excited about that or our tech uh, uh, our software engineer it's great but but it needs to do a job for the end consumer you know and what is a benefit and and that's uh, a great challenge i think we we both have right is it true uh, for train red as well yeah 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 for sure so indeed we uh, yeah we focus a little bit also with the product in the beginning on the the more higher uh, yeah the, the, the not only the elite athletes but like i said everyone who wants to improve uh, but still it's i think from that point on you go downwards in the sense of uh, make it accessible for anyone and uh, because our technology the train red technology is a little bit new for the market it could be the next metric for performance but still from that point on if you see hey, it works for them Why doesn't it work for another one? I think uh, I think top athletes struggle sometimes with the same issues as we have uh, to get the best sleep, uh, to get the best recovery. Uh, how much load can I do? Uh, is it wise for me to train after a heavy workday, for example? So the workday for them is a little bit different maybe, but still uh, they have the same struggles. And yeah, technology could help with that. What's your struggle right now with uh, preparing for the ultra marathon then? Well, for me as a semi-professional let's put it that way then is juggling all the priorities i mean i work full-time for train red i have friends family a girlfriend as well and yeah well this morning for example we had to go to antwerp for another meeting i woke up at 5 15 to get a swim session in before the work day and then wow would actually pick me up at the swimming pool so it's it's a tight schedule <laughs> but yeah that's one of the biggest challenges i'd say so it's time Yeah, time. Well, trying to beat time during the races and trying to find time to get all it, my. If, yeah. if you're if you're really looking into preparing for your, for the marathon, what are what's what's right now your main challenge? What what are your struggles right now? Or you don't have any struggles? Uh, well, I'm injury free, so that's always one of the biggest yeah benefits. Of course, I mean that that's yeah from my perspective, there's not necessarily a big difference between top athletes and recreational runners. I mean, you want to stay healthy, you want to stay fit. And in my case, I want to get faster, but that's my personal goal. I mean, a recreational runner could have the goal to get 
more fit. And that's not necessarily the same metric that you're measuring time. It's another metric, but it's still about improving yourself, improving performance. And data can really help with improving that performance. So what do you need to go faster? Right now, more time. But yeah, <laughs> as I said, that's that's difficult to find. So probably a better planning. I am not necessarily focusing on running alone with swimming and cycling as well. But if you have a structured plan that makes it, well, tangible what you're doing makes it insightful so that would be one of the first steps that i recommend to anybody who wants to get fit is is have a plan i think we already briefly touched upon it in the, in the earlier stages of this podcast but yeah a, a goal without a plan is just a dream it's one of the best quotes what do you there, see marcus then from from the feedback from from the users from your users uh, um, do you see some some gaps that say okay that that should be an opportunity for us as well well, like I said earlier, when someone is using um, our system, then it is immediately an eye opener, you know, because you can talk a lot about that. You can show videos, you you know, you can publish something. But as soon as someone is using it and experience it, him or herself uh, straight away and see send the results, that is an eye opener. And that is, is game changing, you know, because then they realize, okay, I need to change my technique, for example, or I need to wear a different running shoe, for example, you know, and, and that, that is a feedback we receive all the time, you know, and um, when we now talk about our B2B value proposition, Erin Hub for retailers, um, well, we have uh, partnered up with Runners World here in the Netherlands and, and, and they are a fantastic partner, you know, you see that they measure every day plenty of sessions and it helps them really a lot to make also technique in running shoes or technology in running shoes and innovations m meaningful and easy to understand, you know, for example, I mean, here are experts around the table and we probably know what the advantage of a carbon plate in a, in a running shoe is. But as an end consumer, you won't really understand and know what the benefit might be. But it is also true that for some runners, uh, carbon plate shoes are not really the right shoes, right? So they better go for a stability shoe with a great cushioning or so. And um, that is feedback we receive every day. It needs to be very simple and easy to understand. And sometimes really visualization does a much greater job than calling it out with a certain text, even though we have AI that calls out text that is very easy and simple to understand. The image, the video, ex explains it in, in the greatest way, to be honest. Okay. What do you say about? You, you're already... I cannot buy it, actually, the train red right now. Or not? Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah? Yeah, no... Uh, I, know, I know you're you're very briefly on the market. Or? Yeah, we're briefly on the market. So uh, we actually launched our first uh, sensor, the train red fire, uh, for uh, approximately three months ago. Uh, and we are already going towards a new system, uh, even for the... Yeah, the the pro, the top pro. So this is this is the fire system that's now on the market. Yeah, you can you can just it's like a plug and play system. You can mm -hmm. you just have a, the sensor you place it on the muscle you're interested in, or it's related to running. It's most often the vas lateralis, the upper leg, and uh, yeah, then you have an app and it guides you through what's what's going to happen and uh, what's happening actually in your muscle. So you can yeah finally see how your muscle functions. Mm -hmm. Which is, yeah, I think it's, uh, yeah, you call the other thing an eye opener. And I think this is kind of similar towards, uh, towards is uh, this your the body. Next for, we've got now the Atu gear and it's, it's on currently a few years already on the market. Uh, now you're on the market in two, three months. What do you see next? I'm just real running into the future a little. What I would say is that you have like, you combine technologies and the integration with others. Uh, it's not that one thing is, is the one technology is the best. And I think if you combine it and then for a specific situation, then you can make, yeah, any, you can help anyone mm -hmm. and uh, for their goal. Uh, so if we combine the system with from Arion. Uh, I we, was immediately already yeah, thinking so, of, okay, that should be. An opportunity. Yeah, there, there's uh, plenty of opportunities. Maybe we have to talk later, but uh, <laughs> in general, uh, we're interested in partnerships, though. But still, uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. The, Happy to talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like they measure the impact. They measure how uh, how your movement is going. Um, so they measure actually kind of the output uh, from your body, and we can measure the input. So what, how that movement was, yeah. So how it was from uh, your muscles need to contract in a certain way to make the movement happen. And uh, yeah, how it contracts, how it impacts, how your shoe 
uh, impacts your muscles. Uh, I think there's also a difference in just normal running on the street, uh, doing a trail run, uh, going indeed for shorter or longer runs. How does that impact your body? And uh, I think a combination of that. And not just this technology, you have more technologies. Can you make it, uh, because we're not only promoting Arian and, and Train Red, <laughs> can, you, can, you, can you give us an example? Um, yes, so yeah, may, maybe uh, what we personally do, uh, we have an integration with uh, the view to master system, so that the oxygen mask, uh, and that has yeah, a correlation in like the, the scientific field. But if you just know what you, uh, the amount of oxygen that you intake and how you consume it, yeah, then that's that's a really nice combination. If you make it a little bit more uh, understandable, uh, there's a core core body temperature. Uh, it was, for example, in the Tour de France, then a lot of cyclists use it to measure their temperature of the body. If the, the body heats up, then uh, maybe you have to cool it down to be more efficient. Yeah, if you combine that with the amount of load they have, and this is now cycling, it could also be for running for sure. Um, yeah, then you have an efficient way of uh, optimizing it. Mm. Well, it's, I think your question is, is quite interesting because now we talk really deep about our core technology oh, yeah, and our sure. core focus. And, and for us, definitely human movement and injury prevention performance improvement is prior number one. But when I think a little bit, you know, outside of our core target um, achievements, then it's for me, what I would like to bring is, is sustainability, for example, right? Because we are collecting every time someone is using our system, we are collecting a huge amount of data. And uh, when you think about that, you know, it helps uh, developing new products. It's, it helps um, developing new innovations, right? It, it helps providing really the right shoe for the, for the runner, right? Because, I mean, I, I mentioned earlier that the majority of people is, is actually running in the wrong shoes. And when you know that 90% of all running shoes are land, ending up on the landfill, then this has a massive impact on our environment, right? And mm -hmm. when you now think about it and are just going a little bit broader and, and think about customization and and uh, 3d printing at point of sale and using um, materials that are sustainable that you can bring back uh, uh, talking about circularity right bring back into the circle I mean this is something which is which are the next big things um, hopefully also to come you know because the industry has done a great job over years and years and years and I know that all the brands are working on it but actually we need to act much faster Right. Um, what do you do then right now with, with Arian on, on sustainability? I mean, like I said, we, we are exploring ideas, uh, how to use the data really at point of sale. Um, is, it, is it doable, you know, for example, to partner up with, uh, with uh, experts in 3D printing, going to point of sale, printing really customized products uh, to the needs of individual uh, runners, you know, and, and then using materials that are sustainable right and reusable i mean these are discussions we have but in the short term what is the easiest to do is that we are providing our data because we have a, re a, a huge data cloud like i said arian studio and we we can provide those data to brands for example that they change their way of developing shoes um, producing shoes and so on and we are in good discussions so the entire industry is actually at the end of the day relevant to us um, to do so um, and and when you talk about our products I mean we we of course look out, look into the packaging right it is sustainable already I mean this this is a no-brainer I think for all the brands I see it with you here as well on the table that's a no-brainer but but talking bigger and and really lifting it up then I think there is a responsibility for the entire industry to to raise the bar quickly yeah and how how out and train red is it is it is it already a topic within the company or is it on the roadmap yeah so we had that advantage that we had a yeah, kind of fresh start pretty recently so indeed our materials that we use within the system indeed the packaging etc we try to make a minimum impact but i think it's a little bit far reach for us currently to to look at it a little bit on a higher level and have directly an impact on the industry of course i hope to have that in a in a short period of time and yeah everyone with us is yeah has a certain value for uh yeah not being like the way to to, to en enhance and sustainability in general but for us currently i think the focus is a little bit too much but 
for sure everyone needs to be aware of it and well, I, I, yeah. well i i think it's uh, it's right what you're saying about but uh, the thing is don't underestimate the agility of a startup actually yeah. you know i have i have worked for big tankers right in my whole life right i was with asics for 20 years i was with sport 2000 for a few years and i know that they have uh, bigger challenges because it's a huge tanker right and you can't move them straight away to the right or to the left while startups they are very agile and and they can do a lot um i yep. get your point there totally but uh, I, i'm sure you when you do a little brainstorming you will quickly identify what what additional impact you could make with that um, not challenging this but just encouraging you to to yeah. think to think about these things yeah 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 that's why i was thinking of putting it on the roadmap at least uh, because in our society nowadays but uh, that's what i'm i'm seeing uh, probably you're seeing that as well sustainability is a hot topic and how sustainable is running in the end well you're producing both you're producing hardware uh, and trying to translate from the software as you're giving a, a, an example a, a very nice example on not uh, throwing away your your running shoes uh, and hopefully there there are some more things come, popping up so uh, but all also the shoes in itself but also if if you're thinking uh, about events when people are throwing away you're going to a marathon how many let's say empty cups are in the end on the streets so uh, thanks god that is changing i'm sure you yeah. as an athlete will see that i mean i remember when i ran my first new york marathon it was awful to see all the the paper uh, the the plastic cups lying there on the street you know for 42 kilometers and all the rest as well but that has really changed right so all the uh, uh the companies clubs that are running those events are really taking a close look and making sure that uh, all the materials they use are sustainable and and i think they did a tremendous job when you look at certain events you know and i mean now the next really big marathon is coming up in berlin uh, this weekend right and they look at these kind of things as well right so that that's really important nevertheless um you can always do more and i think you have to do everyone has to do more and um i think it's also a great challenge right we can work mm -hmm. on yeah and then when when you're organizing an event sustainability is a is a topic on the list of uh, awareness that you have to do something on it on the on the lower impact uh, yes. uh, whether it's eatable uh, cups uh, they are already available on the market uh, through uh, also with the the numbers for example uh, you put it in on on your shirt for example what do you do with that so there are more ways of putting up a, a nice event i know there is a norway there's a very nice event also in the athletics um they're doing they're trying at least to be one of the most sustainable events in in athletics uh, organized in norway i thought it was oslo uh, there not for sure is it the billet games or? Uh, probably i don't know i don't i cannot remember the 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 the, the, the event anymore so it's about also what does running do concerning sustainability can you can you i'm trying to get an example of you saying okay that this is just such a nice example i like to 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 express in this podcast well that's um not sure which direction you want to take but while you were talking about i thought about one really lovely initiative and that's actually trail running in in the dolomites on the alps where people start collecting trash which which was thrown away for example so right the plugging so coming from sweden uh, um, don't know but but yeah, i okay. saw that you know and and i think that's a lovely i mean you don't need to be organized as an event to do that you can do it i mean while you're running right or or hiking or so but um if if this is sometimes organized and there are a lot of organizations out there who do that you know who who have a who will have a positive impact on the environment i think that's that's a great thing you know and it's like i said i i, I have to appreciate that organizations uh, who are coming up with these huge events are really thinking about this thing. I, I, I didn't have the time to go to the Dumb and Dumb, uh, Dumb to Dumb Lope last weekend, but I'm sure they had a lot of um, um, initiatives to reduce the, the negative impact, you know. Um, I mean, we would need to check that, uh, but I'm, I'm sure they did. Uh, the athletics club where I started when I was younger actually did a blogging session last Saturday. And that's, well, one of the benefits of running in a club. The, the headman of the club just said, okay, 
this Saturday, nobody's going to do uh, well fruitful training. Everybody's going plugging. Can be a combination of the two, of course. Doesn't necessarily <laughs> need to be just picking up trash and neglecting your whole training session. But I think that was a nice initiative from them. They're making it a social event then. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's also nice. And and, and speaking about clubs. Uh, what we're seeing very often also with, with COVID period, we couldn't go to the clubs and people were going into the parks, into the streets, into into the forest, actually. How do you see the future of a athletics club then? Maybe it's a... Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> maybe Chick and Cherry, you can tell better about the athletics club. But in, in general, so what, what uh, the COVID period did is that it activated a lot of people who weren't able to to to, to sport and they still do, did something or maybe indoors, go on the tox bike, uh, indoor cycling or go just for a run when it was... Uh, when the option was there and um, yeah then they run outside in the forest the forest get also a little bit more busy lately with all kind of runners if you can see but that the initial thing is really good and if someone is enthusiastic about running uh, and he wants to do maybe something a little bit more then i think it's in the end also really beneficial for the clubs because if they want to go more into the social part uh, of running so running in a group if they want to improve in a way uh, that a coach can help them Besides the technology, for sure, uh, then uh, then then they have to join, uh, yeah, a club. So I'm not sure. I don't know the statistic currently if it's decreasing or increasing, uh, but I think in general the trend that everybody goes more outside and starts to run, yeah, is really beneficial. Well, um, my view when it comes to running is is first and foremost why is running so popular? Because you can do it everywhere, anytime. You can do it alone. You can do it with friends and. Only from my home country, you know, Germany, um, there is a statistic that, that during Corona, two million, two million more people started to run. And I, I could f- experience it myself, you know, because on my favorite running route, uh, which I can take from my house, it was so busy, you won't believe it. And no one, normally no one is running there, right? And it was really so busy. And you could see from the runner what they were wearing, you know, they had sometimes a sneaker on, lifestyle sneakers, and then they had some old shorts and so on. But it, that was great. Um, and, and it's still the case, right? I mean, running is one of the most popular sports in the world, right? So therefore... It, it makes it so easy, so simple. And with regards to running clubs, I also don't have really the exact statistics, but what is true is that clubs are struggling with so many uh, other things, right? So the young uh, generations can do different things, like e-gaming, right, is, is such a big thing, right? And that keeps y- the young generation partly away from joining, for example, a club, right? And uh, I used to play team sports. Um, so I used to play handball and ice hockey and um, as well. And um, what I can clearly say is that the amount of, of kids playing these sports is decreasing. It's rapidly decreasing. And in, in Cologne, where I live, where my home base is, there is a very popular, famous club. It's called ISV Cologne. And even they struggle, right? They have top, top athletes, right? But it's it's not that it's they're all queuing up to get part of that club right and um and i think therefore they they might struggle a little bit on the other hand you see running communities coming up strongly right i mean not only now but it's it is there right so that they meet uh on are a those Saturday. new clubs then uh, might be right. i don't know it's it's uh, loosely organized sometimes and they meet on a saturday in the morning at nine they go out for a long run two hours whatsoever there might be a coach joining and giving them some training tips um, but they also enjoy the community right so they enjoy talking to people you know because uh, people a lot of them are not going for a run because they need to improve their performance they just want to be in nature they want to they want to stay fit right and and they want to practice something and, and but then you see uh in a in a traditional club uh let's say for example uh, running is just a goal and in let's say more the loosely clubs running is just a mean to get with people that that probably uh, that pops up in my mind right now means that we are we have to organize also traditional clubs in a different way perhaps yeah. Could be. I'm, I'm just which, making up. Which might be true. I mean, in ice hockey and handball, I was in clubs or I am in clubs. But in running, I mean, I trained for my marathons um, with friends, right? Loosely organized, but not through a club, 
you know and um well i i'm only as uh, one person right that doesn't mean anything but uh, you're completely right i mean as a club i also need to challenge my my setup right and i need to see how how can i stay attractive um you know to make the club attractive to the younger generation for example right or to elderly people or so, or, or so that that that's definitely something i mean everything is in transformation so therefore you can't stand still and just think well it it continues the way you know it has been has been going for many many dec decades that wouldn't work anymore if you, if you're looking to the, to the younger kids to the kids for example and and uh you mentioned also the e-gaming the e yeah can you come up with a combination uh also challenging you uh Martin cherry uh, to to come up can you can you do something with kids and e-gaming and running Yeah, I, I think there's a, a very nice platform already that maybe could be yeah, part of that and called Swift, um, mm -hmm. mainly for cycling, but especially also for running. And yeah, it also has the interface. Uh, you can create social uh, events so everybody's running digitally uh, and at home. So yeah, maybe you can use platforms like that Yeah, as a... Yeah, as a way to create events like that, not just by yourself, but as the club itself. Well, a couple of years ago, you had the, that the complete hype of Pokemon. Yeah. The Pokemon, yeah, Pokemon, Pokemon Go. Go. Can yeah. you consider Pokemon Go then as a club? Maybe not a club, but it's similar to what they do in the end. It's, it's definitely, I, I would say it's a community, yeah, right? And, and maybe community club, you can now ch challenge what the definition of it is. But communities are definitely a huge upcoming piece, right? Not only since two years or so, but it, th the word is around already for a long, long, long time. And I mean, virtual races um, were really popular during Corona, right? I remember uh, Jan uh, Fordeno, you mm -hmm. know, um, he was doing the, he was doing uh, uh, the triathlon uh, virtually, at home, right? Yeah. At home. Uh, well, and people were watching. I mean, that's, that's crazy. Um, and now you see a big boom. People are coming back and want to, want to physically see each other, which, which is a counter trend um, because yes, they, they want to go out and want to do something again. But I'm sure there is more and more stuff like this coming up what you just mentioned Arno you know that you find the mix between the real and the virtual world I mean let's not talk metaverse now but it might be that at a certain point you run your ultra marathon in the metaverse right so that <laughs> I'm sure that will happen I, I know for sure that there will be experiments right now going on with it so um, and that's also I think some opportunities for, for companies like you to To create those communities, let's say the the Aryan Club, for example, could 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 something worthwhile? Of, for sure, of you could compete uh, while wearing our our insoles, right, and getting yeah. measured in a way. Yes, it it could all happen. Right now, we are not really developing into that area, right, because we still have enough to do. Uh, nevertheless, um, for sure, um, a good point. Yeah, sure. And how do you see it with with Train Rat, for example? Not from the Train Rat perspective, but also from your personal perspective, also Cherry, from you being a, mm -hmm. a runner or a triathlete. Yeah, well, at home I do a lot of trainings on Swift, as about mentioned, and that's actually developed with kids in mind because I think one of the original plans from one of the first developers at Swift was to make his training at home entertaining when he had his well babysit duties for his kids, so he could just well set his kids for the television, have the virtual world of Swift with, well, dinosaurs even in the background and, and well, all very unrealistic things, but still fun and nice, attractive for the kids to keep them entertained while he was actually doing an effective training session. And while well, I like to be entertained during my training sessions, especially at home as well, because it can get a bit boring during these dark winter months. But then this, well, new world where you're cycling in does provide this extra stimu well, stimulation basically to go a bit more longer harder faster so what were what are your thoughts about yeah yeah i, I th yeah i fully <laughs> agree on that one but <laughs> it's the um i i don't see it actually as all those separate parts so now we just uh, they are talking about cycling indoors or the virtual world running in virtual world or running outdoors i think it's always a mix and indeed for a person some is a little bit more fan of the indoors some is more on the outdoors but in a sense they are doing it and um uh, i think you yeah as a company you can uh, contribute that kind of acti activity you can um, maybe benefit from in a sense and make it also 
uh, yeah, available for, for anyone. And you don't only have the Zwift, you have also like the trackers like Strava. Uh, maybe even you have the bragging rights if you have a certain pace at a certain uh, area. And uh, that's that's all a social interaction with uh, with, uh, with the community, with your friends. And uh, yeah, I think it's... Yeah. It's true. I, I, I was just, while you were talking, I, I thought about, I mean, as a society, we have a responsibility, right, to make sure that, that people, or especially also kids, are moving, right, mm -hmm. every day. It needs to be part of their daily lifestyle in a way. And uh, my brother lives in California, and their kids, they need to run in school, right? So they are also tracking how much they run and so on. And, well, it, it doesn't need to be running, right? But it needs to be movement and sport somehow. Otherwise, um, it, it gets to in, uh, gets into a wrong direction, I would say. And, and yeah, like I said, as a, like a society, we as a society, we have a responsibility, and we need to probably further explore those ideas, Arno, which you just brought up there. Yeah. And we would need to do a brain brainstorming around that and I'm sure there are probably a lot of smart brains out there who are thinking day in day out about these kind of things yeah so so if, if you're talking sport is more sport is more related to let's say performance and exercise movement is about getting out there and having fun uh, so and running can be can be both I think could be and what that's what also what you're you're pointing out in in your introductions uh, i think around uh, 45 minutes ago um you're pointing out okay we're doing something for for top athletes but also for the people who would like to stay healthy and maybe it's not about improving but it's also about okay i want to stay fit uh and maybe that's that's a different approach for 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 the for the let's say the future club uh, in the end because during covid period and then in germany it's the same in the netherlands people were starting no also running also walking uh, a lot so uh, i think that could be very interesting combinations in the end also uh, another company called uh, jukes uh, formerly running uh, running city uh, coming from france they said to me okay Two or three percent of every single airplane has a person, uh, or no, I have to, to put it differently. Two percent of the airplane with the total capacity, for example, 200 people are there. Two, uh, four of them, so two percent, are having their running shoes with them to explore a city. Can you come up with all kind of new different formats then uh, in the end? Oh, yes, right. It's only on, on let's, let's say, leisure. But the plugging, you, you mentioned plugging. You we, we discussed a little bit on, on the e-gaming. Yeah, yeah, so exploring a city, we had a nice example. We went to our fair ACSM a few months ago in San Diego. And uh, one of the first things that Jerry said, oh, yeah, uh, can I bring my running shoes? Uh, and I said, yeah, well, I don't know. It's, it's a big city. I don't know if you can run everywhere. And yeah, then already on the first morning, he explored all the highlights of San Diego uh, <laughs> just by running. And that's just highlights. And because you're being here for the first time. You run 20K. Yeah, yeah so I, <laughs> probably I had to do the entire day if I want to. But still. Yeah, uh, seen everything. It's, <laughs> yeah, but it's a really nice thing to, to, to explore a city, explore an environment, uh, to see a lot of things while running. And uh, yeah, that combination is yeah, really, well, really interesting. Well, in the accelerator program for my former employer, there was a startup that, that did exactly what you just described, actually providing running routes through new cities, you know, that you do, that you actually did a sightseeing tour mm -hmm. in the morning, right? So you entered, whatever, San Francisco, you came for the first time to Breda, and and there was, there was an app that what was actually giving you a sightseeing tour while you were running. Uh, I mean, amazing ideas that are coming up, right? Yeah. And... I can totally feel with you, you know, I always take my running shoes to new cities and ideally you find either you run through the city or you find a river or a lake and you think like, wow, that's amazing. And I discovered something new, right? That's the best way to discover a new city. And yeah. this, this route, was that a GPX file or really a coach that you would get in touch with? I, I, as far as I remember, that was really a coach you got in, in contact yeah. with. Um, but then there was also something else that, that hotels, for example, provided... Mm -hmm. 
uh, equipment, right? So you didn't have to take your, your running gear, but the hotel was providing it. So it was actually a seamless experience. You, you checked in, yeah. they knew, okay, uh, Marcus has size 46 and uh, was a large and, and here is your running route. And then you had this experience and you know, what, what would it, what did it do with me? You know, it was like, wow, that is an amazing service. It is seamless, right? I didn't need to take a bigger bag because I need to wear my heavy, uh, my, my big running shoes. It was amazing. And, and like I said, that, that should become part of the daily lifestyle. You know, it's a seamless experience. Um, and I'm sure if we would do brainstorming now, we would explore within five minutes and 10 other ideas around this. When I was in the second year of my studies, I actually had a similar idea. Well, it basically started with the name of a platform, which was Run This City. I thought it was real cool. But then you would, well, the, the vision that I had was that you have a platform. As an athlete, you create a profile. As a coach, you create a profile. I'm visiting a new city. I send a message to a coach that lives there. He guides me through the city. But then, yeah, I started, well, focused on my studies and started working <laughs> for our team. But the, the idea is still there, but well, sounds like it's already out there. So. And the beauty of running is you can do it anywhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or almost anywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Really good, really good. Well, we're almost, let's say, almost one hour there. So we're, we're, we're talking and um, I'd like to, to, to have, let's say, one last uh, tiny topic I'd like to, uh, to uh, put on the table uh, is that we have got the Paralympics and we have got the Olympics. Uh, when do we see the combination of the both and having a running, let's say, a marathon with... Uh, Paralympic athletes and Olympic athletes together, because I, I'm seeing right now in in uh, the whole humanization and and uh, gender equality and things like that. Do you also see that also from from your perspective? I'm just making up this example now, but it can also be in in other events. Yeah. So so what I think is technology could play a huge part, but in the end, the goal is that you don't have that difference anymore. So for running, sprinting, you have like those running blades. I'm not sure what the official name. And yeah, I think it's just a matter of time till they're equal. And maybe even that uh, some uh, extras are making you faster than human body because we are limited and technology Yeah, maybe is limited, but I think we don't have it yet. So uh, I think in many sports, yeah, I hope to see it very fast that we have a, a mixed and that there's no differences anymore between a Paralympics and uh, the normal Olympics. Well, it's, it's all about level of playing field. I mean, if the level is similar, then it's perfectly fine to compete in one big field. But if there's differences by nature, whether it be testosterone, androgen, whatever, then there should be a compensation for that. Otherwise, it's unfair. And I think the ethics of sport is to be fair. So. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I would probably come then from a very different angle because I think inclusion is a big thing, right? And um, disabled people, they, they receive a lot of uh, yeah, discrimination in a way. And, and um, the question is maybe not that they in the first step need to compete with each other, but, you know, Paralympics are always three weeks after the Olympics in a way, right? And, yeah. and do they get the same attention as the Olympics as an, as a, just as an open question, right? And probably we all know the answer already. And, and we should start with those things uh, first, right? That, you know, that, that it doesn't feel something super different, you know, but it's inclusive in a way. And, well, um, I, 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 I know that there are a couple of sports also within Paralympics where people are more disabled than others and, and that gets balanced out with certain with certain points or seconds or something. I, I'm sure there is also a, a plan in the pipeline somehow, but uh, it, already putting the spotlight on this topic, as, as you just mentioned, is, is, is uh, helping to think about it, right? And, mm -hmm. and to, to, to maybe really develop a couple of ideas there. Uh, for me, it feels always wrong, you know, that the Paralympics are a few weeks after, no TV channel is really on it anymore. You hardly hear about that. When you switch on primetime news, um, it might be one sentence or not even a sentence. And, and that doesn't feel right to me, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, um, and, and we need to think about that. Okay. Also, the question is, and we're coming to the end of the podcast, could a Paralympic athlete beat 
let's say, uh, the former uh, Usain Bolt, for example, on the 100 meters. It actually already happened with Oscar yeah. Pistorius, who was well, running on blades, and yeah. these blades were very bouncy, very elastic. He managed to outrun a couple of, well, d uh, fully abled athletes, let, let's, say, let's say that. And that was quite controversial back then, of course. There was a lot more controversy about Oscar Pistorius later, but he actually yeah. managed to do that already. But it, it's, it's also a way of uh, engaging the fan in, in a way, uh, if, you, if you're looking to uh, the Olympics, the, the stadium is full and the Paralympics are hardly any attention. That's what you're trying to, to, to say as well. Uh, but if, if, a, if, a, if, if a Paralympic athlete can be an Olympic athlete, that's what, what you like to see probably from a fan perspective then. Uh, beating and, and seeing the unexpected happen. Well, is it, is it, well I don't know. When I'm li listening to you, it, it feels like a leading question, right? Because it might be that that disabled people don't want that, you know, put on the spot. And is it such a big, a big thing that, that uh, someone who has a handicap is beating a former Olympic champion? You know, that, you know what I mean? So maybe it is not the right approach to it, you know, to do that. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just no, I'm thinking just out loud. Yeah. Open on the, on the table. So, yeah. Yeah. So. Maybe I'm going in towards a dangerous area, but uh, that's not my intention. But in the Netherlands, you had a big debate between the differences in uh, for in, uh, the, the national team football between the women and uh, the men. Uh, there was the salary, there was uh, also the attention, and they they came a long way already. So the, the the women football is really popular in the Netherlands, and it goes all the way down to to yeah, people joining clubs, uh, football clubs. So um, how did they do that? It was like your example. Um, giving more attention, uh, having like a few stars even, that helps for sure uh, in, in the field. And uh, yeah, just just be there. And the stadiums are now way fuller, especially with the national teams than they used to be. Um, so yeah, attention could be, but yeah. well, my wife will hate me now because, uh, for, yeah. for my comments, but um, <laughs> you know, my wife used to play beach volleyball professionally and in beach volleyball, as far as I remember correctly, and if I listen carefully always to her, it's equal payment, you know, yeah. in beach volleyball, you know, yeah. and, and they get equal attention and, and, and that's very different, you know, so there are sports out there where you see an equal treatment in a way, but then of course, football is now probably the extreme example. We have in Germany exactly the same discussion and, and lately with the Euro Cup in, in England, uh, Germany lost the final against England. They got much more attention, but listening to them, you see it starts not only with the payment, but also the treatment, you know, um, having a um orthopedist once a week only while let's say the mans get it every day and so on and i know there is more money in in the game and more sponsors putting more money on male uh, uh, football than on on female football but um it needs to trigger a discussion right that there is a, that there is a clear tendency towards an equal direction and you like you see it in running because we're talking running into the future right now yeah i, I think you would need to talk now to uh, organizers of the big marathons mm -hmm. for example to see like okay what is the what is the bonus you get when you win berlin when you win that is it the same for men as it is for women and so on um i don't know i need to would need to dive into that but i i think the, the the gap is not that big as it is in 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 of course football we are talking millions billions right while in in those sports i mean you would know it probably best as a as a i think you are a professional runner or a triathlete um that that the money you can get is is sorry to say it's peanuts right only if you are top 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 other than that you can hardly live from that right so um yeah yeah well, let's let's put it to an end. Uh, this podcast uh, probably uh, people uh, are are listening already an hour, and uh, I think that's that should should do the case and should, should do everything uh, that's been said here. Last round, Wout, what do you want 
to add something from your point of view? No, yo, first of all, uh, yeah, thanks, thanks for having us. Um, I'm not a running expert, uh, that's maybe clear, I don't know, uh, but uh, really enthusiastic about Train Red and the future. Uh, as last year, I'm, I do run, I really enjoy running, but I do enjoy a lot of other sports. And I think in general, also with this podcast uh, topic, running, sports, vitality, it's, yeah, it's, it's very, very variable. And I think topics like technology, topics like uh, sustainability can all beneficial be beneficial with this uh, within the podcast. So. Okay, thanks. Marcus? Well, first and foremost, thank you very much for the invitation. Um, really appreciate it. And I'll, I really enjoyed the lively discussion. It was, was great. Um, for me, it is actually that um, first and foremost, it's about movement, right? That people start to move and do sport. And it doesn't matter which sport at, at the end of the day it is. And um, they should lose the, the fear of using technology. Um, for sport, for example, um, and and with us, I, I do see that technology helps to remove a subjective feeling uh, when looking for a new pair of running shoes by data and real insights. And 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 I'm not saying that because I'm here from from Atogear and and talking about Arium products, but it's more like I see so many great products out there, and they can really help changing the game, and uh, they they sh should get get greater attention to you terry uh as yeah. an athlete <laughs> okay okay well thanks again for uh, for having me marcus was a pleasure to meet you as well i'm actually excited to give the aerial system a try i'm interested to see what it's like maybe it can actually reduce the amount of shoes that i uh, use on a yearly basis see if i can go a bit well, a few more kilometers with a, with a certain pair or not. Maybe you have to switch faster. But that's oh, we've got all the already one people yeah. talking, <laughs> thinking about sustainability. Yeah, exactly. It makes me thinking. It's the, yeah. Well, as you said, the lively discussion that really well puts you thinking, and hopefully that's for the listeners as well. Hopefully it was a bit inspirational, and if they have any questions, they can always reach out to uh, to us at Train Red or Arion. But I think Sports Vitality Hub can also pass them on to to us. Yeah. And who should be the next one? If if we repeat, running into the future. Who would be, uh, who should be on, on the table here? I don't know. Maybe a run easy is an interesting company. Uh, maybe, I don't know, in a total different area. Yeah, our shoe manufacturer. I would be interested yeah. to hear what their next revolution will be. I mean, the carbon plates are there. The super foam is there. What's next? Well, I would tap into that one because I think there are a lot of great new running manufacturers, uh, footwear brands, uh, who are really focusing on um, sustainability in, in the greatest way from scratch, actually. And that would be super interesting to, to listen to those guys as well. Okay. Thank you all uh, three of you for joining me uh, today. And uh, we'll end here. And hopefully uh, you enjoyed uh, listening. And uh, hopefully we do some English podcasts in the future as well, uh, also some Dutch podcast uh, as we're a Dutch company. But anyway, uh, thanks for listening and uh, hope to, as actually not hoping, hopefully you're listening soon uh, again. Okay, bye bye. Cheers. Bedankt voor het luisteren naar de Sports Plus Vitality podcast. Nog meer inspiratie? Sluit je dan aan bij onze community. Heb jij zelf een interessant onderwerp of vraag welke wij kunnen bespreken? Laat het ons dan weten via een berichtje op onze socials. Deze podcast is mede mogelijk gemaakt door Portretmakers.